We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? It has definitely and he so he was in class and there was a boy who was very upset because he couldn't draw Spider-Man. Mm. So he did a little sketch mm -hmm. for Spider-Man and he gave it to this boy and the boy snatched it away and just ran to his friends and said, look what I drew. Yeah. He, then he showed the teacher mm. as well and told her that he'd drawn the picture of Spider-Man. Yeah. That is the kind of thing that would have made me incandescent with rage when I was a kid. I think it's a good life lesson. Like you try and do something nice for somebody and they just throw it back in your face immediately. I always thought that that phrase, uh, no good deed goes unpunished, was just like a really glib kind of cynical observation. But now I realize it is completely 100% accurate <laughs> and you should never do anything nice for anyone. Never. Hi, I'm Sam Neill. The year is 2047. We've been sent to investigate a distress signal from the event horizon, a top secret vessel that's capable of traveling faster than the speed of light by folding space and time. The event horizon's maiden voyage was a great success until one of the crew members accidentally used the gravity drive whilst doing a giant poo, creating a gateway from one toilet to another light years away, allowing two toilets to coexist at the same time, one from our dimension and another from a dimension of pure chaos. You let me burn! Welcome! Hello! I am Ben. I am Eamon. Yeah. What's this all about, Eamon? Why, why are we here? What is going on? Well, <sighs> I mean, there's, there's two reasons. Uh, there's the ostensible reason and the actual reason. Mm. The, the ostensible reason is that we are uh, watching films on the toilet because it's the only opportunity uh, we get to watch the things we want to watch uh, away from our wives and children with a modicum of, of peace and quiet. Yeah, exactly that. And the actual reason is we're both desperate for attention. Yes. Please listen to this. I'm absolutely desperate for, for validation and I'm 40 years old. Yeah, I'm so, not. No, not yet. So this week we will be discussing the uh, 1997, I'd like to say hit, but it, it wasn't, wasn't no. uh, Event Horizon, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, not the other Paul Anderson. Oh, they get uh, absolutely uh, so cross if you confuse them. If you, furious, you go up to, to to W.S. Anderson, you're like, oh, I loved Magnolia. He'll just go, yeah. that wasn't me. That's not my film. I directed Alien versus Predator. Now leave me alone. I did Death Race. How does PTA feel if someone goes up to him and say, oh, did you direct the third Resident Evil film? He goes, that wasn't my <laughs> film. <laughs> that was directed by the other man. Okay, well, um, uh, Event Horizon, we went to see this film. It was the first 18 film I think both of us saw at the cinema. Yeah. Um, and I 
I was a slightly younger 16 than you at the time. And I, I was also quite, I think, I don't know, I wasn't short, but... Lame? I mean, yeah, I was really lame and weak and uh, very hard. I just didn't pass for 18. So when, I, when, I went, when we went into the cinema, mm -hmm. the, uh, the lady who checked the ticket said to me, are you 18? We lived in Plymouth at the yeah. time. Um, and I said, uh, yes, yes, I am 18. Are you sure? Yeah. And again, yes, I definitely <laughs> am. And then, and then we got in, which is pretty sick. <laughs> she wasn't exactly Columbo, was she? No. But there was, I was thinking, there was another lady that worked there, I think with dark hair. Mm. And she was pretty militant. Mm -hmm. The only way, Jim, uh, that time we went and she said, I'm only letting you in if you give me a full open mouth, mouth kiss. And you did it right in the middle of the foyer. And everyone went, ugh, ugh, <laughs> God, that's gross. She didn't work there for long, did she? No, she got arrested. Did she work there at all? No. Before we get stuck into Event Horizon, Eamon, you have some toilet news, right? I will say the toilet news. Panic buying toilet paper is uh, hit the United States again uh, in the midst of the global pandemic. There have been, I've taken the liberty of uh, making a list of some alternatives. So these are alternatives to toilet paper? Alternatives to toilet paper. So uh, moss. Uh, moss? Moss, yeah. Uh, like a <laughs> of moss. Um, okay. Rope, <laughs> which is apparently like sailors would uh, fray the end and kind of uh, use that as a sort of a brush. Oh, crikey. Um, Snow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, corn husks. Oh, might be more difficult to track down. White. Oh, I, I ain't putting a corn husk up there. <laughs> no. And a and a sponge. A spot. Oh, it's sponge. <laughs> Dry sponge or wet sponge? Uh, dealer's choice. <laughs> I think I go wet sponge. Oh, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, I say it's dealer's choice. You're an absolute idiot if you go I mean, for a dry sponge. Although, if you're willing to use a corn husk, I don't imagine a wet or dry sponge is the, is a problem for you. Well, would you use wet or dry corn husk? <laughs> I feel like a, a wet corn husk would be worse somehow. In other oh, toilet news... Oh, there's more of it. Okay, go on. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, the world's first gold-plated hotel has opened in Vietnam, oh. complete with golden toilets... Oh. Uh, bathtubs and uh, steaks you can eat covered in edible gold. So it's all gold. It's every, every, literally everything is gold. I imagine it costs a lot of money to make a hotel made of gold. Well, it's one of these, I feel like it was a little bit clickbaity because the yeah. headline is, man makes hotel made of solid gold. <laughs> and then when you click click on it, it's like everything's gold plated or, or just painted just, to look like it's gold. Yeah, just painted gold. They did have a photo of... Does he paint the stakes as well? The stakes are... They did actually... The stakes were covered in that gold leaf, you know, the edible gold leaf. What's the point? Why do you want to eat and gold? You, you know how like often on in fancy uh, restaurants, or whatever, they'll put like a small piece of gold leaf on top of a pudding or something. But these stakes are like... You can't see the meat. They're completely covered <laughs> in gold. And it's such, yeah. it's such a stupid, like, and, and you might remember this. Uh, David Cross uh, yeah. does a great bit on uh, food that's covered with gold. And he just yeah. says it's like the ultimate F you to poor people. <laughs> it is. It really is. I mean, what's that really expensive um, steak? Is it the Wagyu beef? Wagyu, yeah. Wagyu beef. So you probably paid about 
you know, at least 80 100, quid for your yeah. steak. And then you and then you cover it in gold as well. Do you ever just eat gold by itself? Well, yeah, obviously. I just tuck yeah. into a load of gold. My nan, um, sadly not with us anymore, mm. she had a uh, a little gold bar that she kept up in her, yeah. um, one of her drawers upstairs. Whew. Ever so often, she'd remember that she had it. And mm-hmm. she'd say, oh, come upstairs and have a look at, at my gold bar. And it was pretty cool. I could have eaten it. It was it was not massive. I probably could have just gulped it down, and then she wouldn't mm. have known it would it gone. And was it heavy? Could you? Is gold that heavy? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it was the the gold bar was probably about as big as a Lego brick, like a mm-hmm. like a four by two. If you if yeah. you want to be technical, um, <laughs> and so we're not massive, but it did it did have a good a good weight to it. She also mm. kept her handbag in the microwave. Because she thought that if any robbers came in, they wouldn't look mm. in there. She did accidentally turn that microwave on, though, once, didn't she? And her house exploded. Yeah, she uh, roasted all her money and her pair of glasses. I mean, swings and roundabouts. The problem is, people say, oh, you shouldn't leave your keys or wallet by the door. Mm-hmm. But I actually think you should, because if a robber comes into your house, then don't you want them to leave as soon as possible, rather than come and beat the hell out of you? asking you where your belongings are. That's a great point. Yeah. So I everyone... actually write a sign on my front door explaining mm. in exact detail where my valuables are. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you you leave them outside, don't you? I leave I leave a sign describing the, the the values I have where they are and also describing the attractiveness of my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, and is that have you written it so that they'll come in or stay out? Um, I've been really honest, so, um, no, yeah. no break-ins as yet, but I've, it's, it's only been out for, for a couple of days. Oh, they'll be, they'll be coming soon. Your wife's very Oh, they'll attractive. be knocking down. Oh, wait, wait, and, and, and I've said this to my wife when she, like, she obviously like objected to it. Yeah. I was saying, just think of the confidence boost that'll get you if you've got a gang of men trying to smash the door down at three o'clock in the morning. How, how nice would that make you feel? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so, Eamon, how many trips to the toilet did it take you to get through Event Horizon? I managed to chunk it down into uh, about, I think it's five. Okay, that's good. What about you? How many sessions? How many? It took me 11. <whistles> yeah, it was quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, haven't, haven't had a long haul this week. So, yeah, uh, it, t- it took me a few goes to, to get through it. Obviously, we're not suggesting... Watching films on the toilet is the best way to watch films. Um, we've never said that. We've never said that. You can't hold us to it's it. It's just the only way that some of us can watch films. I don't need Christopher Nolan on my back writing a well-structured but ultimately heartless letter saying, you know, why are you, why are you trying to tell people to watch films on the toilet when they should be going to the theatres? Yeah, Chris Chris Nolan can can just get back in his box. Yeah, and just to out of spite, uh, I watch Inception sometimes on my phone, and I'll hold it in portrait, so it's the smallest possible viewing screen, just to spite him, just to just to get to him. Now it's time for the uh, a format point we we're very pleased with and um, feel like it's rock solid, the big yeah. wee summer wee where Ben has to describe the plot of Event Horizon uh, during the time 
Yeah, it's taken me to do uh, a big morning wee. Okay, so how long was your big morning wee this week, Eamon? What am I dealing with here? To give Ben um, a, a fighting chance, uh, this week uh, I drank uh, two cans of Lilt before I went to bed. Um, so, and I managed to keep it all in all night. So it was actually a pretty big wee. Did you get any sleep? No, I was just desperately trying not to <laughs> wee all night. I rest assured, the next morning when I was running down the corridor, I was shouting, here comes the lilt man, <laughs> uh, to my children, who didn't understand the reference. Yeah. And actually having to stop and explain it to them uh, just added time. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't said it. Who's the lilt man, Dad? So anyway, you've got uh, 58 seconds. I'll try. Okay. On your marks, get set, go. Right. Um, okay, we're in space and a rescue ship called the Lewis and Clark is sent to investigate a distress signal uh, from a different spaceship called the Event Horizon, uh, which went missing seven years before near Neptune. Uh, the rescue crew head off to find the missing ship, uh, accompanied by the designer of the Event Horizon, Sam Neill. Um, and it doesn't take them very long to find it. It's almost as if it wants to be found. But upon finding the Event Horizon, the ship's gravity drive opens a portal to a dark place and causes lots, causes lots of damage to the Lewis and Clark, meaning the whole crew have to hang out on the spooky abandoned spaceship instead. Um, they start seeing terrible things, there's lots of people with missing eyes, uh, some barbed wire, and then one by one the crew are killed in increasingly gruesome ways. Uh, they, work at, they work out that a gateway to some horrible hell-like dimension has been opened, and in the end, Captain Lawrence Fishburne has a fight with mashed-up Sam Neill, who's been possessed by the ship, or something, uh, and then he sacrifices himself by blowing the bad half of the ship up to save the remaining members of the crew. Um, but they still have bad dreams at the end, so it's unclear as to whether the horror is over or not. But thankfully, the film is. Well, okay. I mean, a considerable overrun there, Ben, by about uh, to tune of about twenty nine seconds. Really? Do we want to stop and, and talk about this for a second? Are you feeling bad about yourself? I mean, I think I summed up the plot quite well. I I think that says more about your we than my summary. So next time, shall I? Then what am I aiming for? Six cans? Six. Okay, six cans of lilt. I'll try six cans of lilt. We'll see how long we can make that with. And two litres of water. Two litres two litres of salt water, yeah. I'll say. Boom. Oh, and a bottle of olive oil. I feel like you won't... But you don't wee out oil, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you've, I didn't. You've had lots... I didn't say you did. You just I, want me to, to bulk up for yeah, winter. I just want you to drink a bottle of olive oil. Fair enough. Something you said is you were getting cross. You were saying, why did they keep on calling the spaceship Lewis and Clark instead of Lois and Clark? Mm. So why why does that make you cross? Tell me tell me about that. Well, because Lois and Clark was the name of a... Uh, well, that's Superman's girlfriend, isn't it? Mm. Clark Kent. And that's who I think of when I hear Lewis and Clark. I hear Lois and Clark, and it's just, it was jarring. So did you think the spaceship was named after Superman and his girlfriend? No. Mm. Well, the most straightforward bit of Googling will tell you that uh, Lewis and Clark were explorers who uh, explored America, which makes more sense when you think about it, doesn't it? I'm sure it? it does make sense. I get it. But it just, every time I heard Lewis and Clark, it reminded me of Lois and Clark. And it made me think of that, and it took me out of the film. That's all I'm saying. 
It's something they should have considered. Do you think there's someone somewhere whose first name is Loison and their second name is Clark? Loison Clark. <laughs> and so they go, uh, uh, oh, Loison Clark? And they'll be like, yeah, that's me. And you think, oh, I was expecting... Who was Loison Clark? A famous entrepreneur? Yeah, probably. What do you think he sold? Galleons? Yeah, it sounds like the, like the... Like a ninth, like an eighteenth century inventor, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So probably sold. It's like I bet he's he was one of those people who who took what is now regarded as a deeply harmful chemical and passed it off as like a health tonic. Yeah, any statues of Lois and Clark would be pulled down right yeah. about now, I reckon. Um, so let's 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 get into Event Horizon. Let's dig in. Okay. Uh, how did you feel about the um, characters? In the film, were they welcomed guests in your toilet area? They definitely were, actually. And Lawrence Fishburne is brilliant. Yes. And he's such a good leading man. And I find it annoying that he's not, that I've not seen more of his leading man roles or that he's just not had enough of them because he's mm. so convincing as a leader of this ship. I thought he was great. And actually, it's a brilliant cast. Like, it is. Jason Isaacs is in it. Um, Kathleen Quinlan, who's yeah. uh, in Apollo 13. Yeah. Uh, this is going to sound controversial because I absolutely love Sam Neill, but I thought he was a little bit of a ham in this I thought film. the performances on the whole were very strong and I didn't feel like the actors were given an awful lot to work with at times. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and they did. They really turned it up. I mean, yeah, Sam Neill, mm -hmm. he, he, he dialed it up to 300. He really did. Uh, so he was... So he was uh, Dr. Weir, who was, he was a man of science, wasn't he? Um, refusing to believe that anything supernatural was going on, despite the fact that he'd had a vision of his wife with no eyes. Yeah, he, he, I mean, that, what we'd now call gaslighting. Is every, what, every other member of the, of the crew is, is talking about these crazy visions he's had. And he's going, yeah. oh, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I've not had any vision. <laughs> it's like, mate, you were just talking to your dead wife like <laughs> five minutes ago. Yeah. The, with no the eyes. balls on this guy. They do that thing where someone will have a horrible vision and then someone will tap them on the shoulder and they'll be like, oh, are you okay? And they go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. If you were in Lidl mm. and you turned around and your child ran down the aisle at you with no eyes, mm -hmm. you wouldn't then just go, oh, whew, shake that off. I'll just go and pay. <laughs> uh, you'd, I'd be crying. I would be a quivering mess on the floor. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's because I think everyone realises that hearing other people talk about their dreams is super boring. It is very so dull. It's the same thing. No one wants to hear about your visions. No. No matter how crazy or evil they are. Keep your evil visions to yourself. Yeah. I think Catherine Quinlan does a great job of acting like completely freaked out, but in a very naturalistic mm. way. Yes. In a way, like she's a great barometer for like how we should feel. I think. Yeah. Well, what did you think of uh, Jason Isaac's character, DJ? There wasn't a lot going on, really. I mean, you've got all these people are working on a spaceship. They're engineers, they're scientists. Yet every time Sam Neill explains something, they're like, uh, layman's terms, please, in English. <laughs> like, they should understand the, the basic science of space, yet they seem to have no idea. He gets that magazine and he's trying to explain mm. how the gravity drive folds space and time. Have you noticed that that bit of uh, visual exposition has been used a ton 
in other films and TV. Did it in um, Interstellar yeah. when Matthew McConaughey is explaining, <laughs> again, ex- explaining the concept of space-time to a bunch of other scientists. And I think at that point they might be on a spaceship. Well, that's a prequel uh, to Event Horizon, isn't it? That would be great. Oh, well, that would be good uh, canon. Let's say it is. It's, it's also in that Denzel Washington film, Deja Vu, which actually was pretty good, I thought. And in Stranger Things, yeah. they're talking about the upside down. So if you're doing a science fiction film and there's something complicated that you can't be bothered to explain, just fold a piece of paper in half. I'd like to see them explore other bits of stationery in explaining complex science. Compass? Protracting. Yeah, that would be good. I like. Do you know what? Use a rubber. It's fine to make mistakes. Yeah, you could. You could jam a pencil into a rubber and then see how it sticks up. I don't know why you would do that or what it would explain, but I think it would be visually striking. Yes. And then there's um, there's the little lad whose blood gets ripped out of his body when he gets mm. sucked out of a, an airlock. I think that's that's my favourite part mm. of the film. It's great. I remember that so clearly. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's really dynamic. But anyway, I knew I recognised that guy. And it turns out, that he was in one of the best videos of the 90s, one of the best music videos, which was the video for uh, Bon Jovi's Always. Well, one, I think what struck me is that uh, that actor... Jack Noseworthy. Uh, he looks exactly like John Bon Jovi in that, in that video. I wondered if it's, it's, if it's autobiographical, the, uh, the story that's told in the video, which is that, um, yeah, Jack Noseworthy was, was having a fiery relationship with a with a woman and then she oh he cheated on her she left and then got picked up on the street by some guy who painted her uh and it wasn't a very good Mm -hmm. painting but jack knows where they saw it and goes absolutely crazy and blows up the guy's apartment Mm -hmm. if you ever uh if you ever uh had a strong reaction like that when you've uh been wronged in the past yeah so someone cut me up um when i was about to turn at some traffic lights um so yeah i I set fire to their car now what about you and these are dan headbutts on people who accidentally bumped into your trolley (laughs) Uh, once i had a uh, girlfriend who cheated on me and uh to get back at the guy i bought loads of stuff from him on ebay and gave him very (laughs) low customer feedback so yeah some of the film takes part in a future that is now past and it's also like some things are very futuristic whereas other things are not at all so we have the uh, the ship seems almost steam powered at times this film is so heavily uh, influenced by alien yes like that kind of um analog future yes look yeah uh, but there's other things like the um they they find a video of the distress call there's nothing to see initially it's just all static and uh i think it's peter said oh i'm going to run a filter on it she somehow manages to get a sort of 4k version of the original footage in a matter of hours apparently they used amputees and adult movie stars that looks like the scenes from the strictly come dancing backstage party i imagine that's what goes on jamming their fists in each other's mouths and ripping their own eyes out. Apparently, that is like um, like a fraction of the stuff they recorded, and there was tons and tons, tons more. And, and the majority of the stuff that got cut out of the film was that kind of 
craziness. I thought you were still talking about the Strictly Come Dancing backstage parties. Yeah. Um, and they also do that thing where they listen to the tape over and over again and some sort mm -hmm. of audio becomes clear. But what I've done, Eamon, is I've mm -hmm. got some audio for you to listen to. And I want you oh. to tell me if you can figure out what they're saying. So I've put some really heavy metal songs uh, on an audio okay. file. And you, you're going to get three listens of each song. And I want you to tell me if you can work out what the uh, singers are singing. Okay. okay. All right, here we go. This is by a band called Harm's Way, and it's a song called Isolation. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, is it something in the name of God, filthy pig? <laughs> he says, lay upon these frozen plains. He doesn't say filthy pig. No, he doesn't say filthy pig. <laughs> he says filthy pig. <laughs> filthy pig. He says filthy pig. He doesn't. He doesn't say filthy pig. You're not listening, Eamon. Um, okay, the next song is by Machine Head, and it's called Nation on Fire. <laughs> okay. Okay. What do you reckon? Ah, oh, jeez. Ah, uh, I mean. Uh... I, God damn! I can't. I I can't. I can't. I, I mean, I can't even guess. <laughs> it's so. It's just so obscure. I just can't. I can't make out even a single. Did word. it not become clearer as you listened to it the third time? <laughs> I yeah. I, I really thought there's something. Something would stand out, but literally nothing. <laughs> okay, so he's saying, uh, Rob Flynn, this nation's built on fighting war after war. I mean. Come on, though that's not. That's what he said. Actual words. It's is his it? words, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so who's this last one? I'm going to let you listen to it, and then you'll know. the elton john from that that uh covid concert they did um it sounds like he's singing i'm dill danding i'm dill danding it's 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 insane uh, but do you know what he says uh do you think you know what it's like um it's something something um your blood freezes like ice or something yeah you're pretty much there you could never know what it's like yes yeah, your a... blood like winter freezes just like ice you can never know what it's like your blood like when it freezes just like ice. It's bizarre. I mean, I know a lot of people that were going to go and see him. Um, it was his last concert, I think, which was cancelled mercifully uh, by lockdown. And people were paying bucks for those tickets. But, you know, I mean, I say that. You've heard the kind of music I listen to. I don't think I've got a leg to stand on. Yeah, I mean... That Elton John, as funny as it was, was still a billion times better than anything else that you played. <laughs> <laughs> this film has pacing problems. I think it starts off pretty strong. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's a nice build. Something's clearly going to go terribly wrong. 
but then piles it all on a bit too quick and the end feels like a kind of a YouTube um, clips compilation of the top five kills from Event Horizon. There's not an awful lot of breathing space between them uh, or build up or anything else. And then it just ends. great example of that is uh, DJ gets attacked by Dr. Weir. And in the time that it takes, because he's talking to Lawrence Fishburne, he's talking to, um, to Lawrence Fishburne um, via the intercom. By the time it takes Lawrence Fishburne to, to run to the medic bay, Sam Neill has, has strung him up and completely gutted uh, DJ within the space of about, I'm guessing, 45 seconds. Yeah, I know that The Shining was a big influence on the film. It feels like if Jack Nicholson had got to room 237 and met the scary old lady, and then we just jumped straight to him smashing the axe through the door, that's kind of what this film yeah. feels like. It, which is, and, and you know what, it's, it's, a, it's a massive shame because I feel like this film has got a lot going for it. I think a lot of the production design is great. I think oh, it's the uh, and I think it's shot brilliantly as well. It's got the same uh, director of photography as, as Alien as Adrian Biddle. Adrian Biddle, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, so it looks fantastic. It's really well lit. Incredible sets. Um, yeah, like the Event Horizon ship itself is is so iconic. It's a great looking spaceship. It is. It's got that whole gravity drive contained within an Iron Maiden. Yeah. And then you've got this kind of, um, oh, like a meat, the whole thing is like a meat grinder. And there's this great movement to it. I mean, it makes no sense in terms of the technology. Like if you look at like the Large Hadron Collider, it's just like wires, like loads of wires. So I'd read that this film took 10 months to, to, to make from green light to delivering the finished reels, which for an effect heavy film like this, is insane. Yeah. Because first of all, you have to do rewrites. You have to get the director. He'll do rewrites. You have to do all the crewing, mm. production design. There's so much to do. And then editing in the, the post-production takes as much time. So they, they first of all, they had to hack a load out. But secondly, they had very little time to get it all together. So there's some bits which are amazing and some bits which don't hold up. So like the Event Horizon is a brilliant space yeah, awesome. Whereas... The Lewis and Clark looks like a like a fish. Yeah. <laughs> like it's such a stupid looking <laughs> spaceship. It looks rubbish. Yeah. It looks like a fish or it looks like an iron. It's, it just looks looks really bad. And then there's like the prosthetics. So there's like there's a bit where he goes full uh eraser head, yes. Sam Neill, at the end. But there's like an intermediate bit where he his eyes gets pulled yeah. out. And this is very niche reference but well there's a bit where he and he has these weird flaps over his eyes and he looks a little bit like uh uh one of the skits from an in uh, rick and morty interdimensional <laughs> cable uh episode where there's a guy who's <laughs> there are these two people with loads of eyes on their face yeah going oh, oh do you I, you can sh- you can see that i have eight eye holes <laughs> And then a guy comes along and goes, hey, I'm the eye hole man. Don't take my eye holes. Yeah. That's what Sam Neill looks like. He looks like one of the guys the eye hole man looks like. And then he gets like the fully... I think the prosthetics are pretty great. Well, the, the end prosthetics is great. And um, that, so I have a, uh, this is very niche as well. I'll tell you who that reminded me of. 
Um, it was your mum. <laughs> what, the all hacked up and... Yeah, um, completely bald, white. Yeah, really strong. And lots of big scars. Australian. Yeah. And uh, seemingly possessed by an interdimensional space travel device. Yeah. Just like my mum. Exactly like your mum, isn't it? I tell you what, every mm. time I see her now, she just grabs me by the forehead mm-hmm. and projects these really horrific images of gore into my mind. <laughs> and I just wish it would stop. That's why I don't like spending that much time with your mum, because yeah. I love her to bits. But every time I see her, she forces me to look at these graphic visions of hell. And yeah. more often than not, I'm just not in the mood. Eamon, I just yeah. want to say, I think we, we're a little unkind to Paul... W.S. Anderson earlier on. I do actually have a lot of time for him. Um, I enjoyed Death Race. Okay. I think the Resident Evil films are great mm. fun. Um, he is a director who is able to work with a fairly small budget and produce a very entertaining film. Mm. He is also someone who has very diverse casts. Um, Alien vs. Predator was actually the highest grossing film with a female black protagonist up until us came out which i think is a great achievement it's it's a terrible film but well, it's a, well done it's Paul a terrible Anderson. film until you see avp requiem and 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 then once you've done that you realize it's a work of genius yeah but i, I actually i agree with you ben i think he's i i think it is easy to sort of dismiss his work as kind of um sort of silly computer game stuff but i think he is he's got a he's got a good eye there's lots of visual flair in in the films yeah. that he makes and as you say, he's, he's not working with enormous budgets and he's a very enterprising director. He, he's, he seems to make money off the films that he makes yeah. and enough so in order to get new films off the ground, which is actually incredibly difficult. So I, I do respect him for that. OK, good. I'm glad we addressed that. Event Horizon, mm-hmm. all being said, yeah. flush it or fish it mm-hmm. out. By that I mean, would you flush it down the toilet or would you fish it out of the bowl? And sort of keep as a trophy yeah. because you enjoyed it keep so much. Keep as a beautiful prize slash memento of your time together. Uh, I would I would fish this film out. I think it, it has a lot of flaws, but it looks great, and there are some great performances. And um, you could see a, a much better film that could have been in inside of its DNA. And and I always sort of admire films which are which are ambitious, even if they fail in parts. I, I sort of admire the ambition, so I would I would fish this one out. What about you? I I agree. I think I would fish it out. There are the the bare bones there of something that could have been quite wonderful, um, but there's just enough mm-hmm. uh, to to make me to make me want to go back. It, it is pretty entertaining. It's rushed, but it's good fun, mm-hmm. and it has Sam Neill doing that ridiculous cry shout at the beginning. So now, if this podcast was a delicious flat white coffee, we've drunk the coffee Mm. quite happily. Reluctantly, in my case. Yeah, I do force Ben to chain drink flat whites whilst we record this. I'm going to be buzzing. Even though he hates coffee. So this last little bit is kind of like the frothy remnant in the bottom mm. you can stop listening now if you yeah. want or you can eat it with a spoon mm-hmm. and it's mildly entertaining i mean what what else are you going to do are you, are you going to go back to your life what life exactly so 
This is a bit where we basically decide uh, what film we're going to listen to next time by means of competition. We're going to take turns to guess each other's top five choices from a movie-based category. Um, and uh, after three guesses, the host with the most correct answers gets to choose next week's film. Cool. So this week's category is top five movie spaceships. Ben, why don't you go first? This you week? want me to guess first? Okay. Mm-hmm. Having known you for some time, Eamon, Mm-hmm. I know that one of your choices will be from the film Aliens. Correct. I'm going to go with the dropship. Nope. Dropship is awesome, but it's not the one that I've picked. Oh, man. So, go on then. luck to you. Your turn. Okay, for you, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to say Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. There's so many cool Star Wars spaceships, but... It had to be it had to be the Falcon in the end. My second guess for you, the Ranger from Interstellar. No. I am doing Brilliant. badly. Spaceship, but but no. So for you, I'm gonna say the Discovery One from two thousand and one. No. Hmm. I've not picked that. It is a wonderful ship, but I did not choose it. Fair enough. Oh god. Okay, for you, the Nostromo from Alien. No, I think it's awesome, but I decided I wasn't. I was only going to go with one from that franchise, and it and it ain't that one. Is that my third guess? That's your third guess. So I've I've won. Oh so my god! Did I not get any of so, yours? No. So let me have my last guess, and then we'll, we'll reveal them all. I'm going to say the Prawn Mothership from District Nine. No, but I like okay. it. Uh, I'll tell you what else I had. I did have a spaceship from Aliens, but it was the USS Sulaco, which is the big. Uh, spaceship there you go yeah. you mentioned one from Interstellar it wasn't you, you said the Ranger it's the Endurance what? which is like the circular oh, uh, spaceship with all the modules going around it fine third is um, the Icarus 2 from Sunshine which is a, such an amazing high concept mm. uh, spaceship which just has this enormous great uh, heat shield yeah it's a great ship uh, and, and a giant bomb behind it it's so cool mm-hmm. the Valley Forge from Silent Running which is um, such a cool idea. It's basically a long spaceship with all these um, hemispheres on it containing um, yeah. forests. And then the final one is, is the ISV Venture Star from Avatar, okay. which is the, the spaceship which they use to get to Pandora. And the reason I love it is that even though you see it for about, I think you see it for about eight seconds, um, James Cameron like designed mm actually spent a ton of time working out how a spaceship like that would actually work and then then designed it so he literally designed an interstellar craft for for eight seconds of, of screen time that's pretty cool tried to watch that film with my sons fairly recently and they got really bored and actually really? i got a bit bored too oh not that it matters but mine were um the derelict from alien so the, mm-hmm. the space jockey ship um, the dropship yeah. from Aliens, which is really cool. Falcon, uh, the Milano mm-hmm. from Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a lovely, shiny, mm. slick ship. And the USS Enterprise from Star Trek, which is yeah. a fairly obvious choice. But again, it's, it's, it's a beautiful craft. It's a great You have the large disc. Yeah. You have the uh, mm. propulsion bit. I'm not a spacecraft designer, so I don't know what they're called. Sausages, Sorry. I believe they're called. The sausages. Uh, yeah, the sausages and the pizza. <laughs> That's it. That's why um, yeah, you'll often hear like Scotty saying, oh, we've taken a torpedo in sausage too. 
so that means I get to choose uh, the film we're watching next. Okay, man, uh, what was the film? So I've chosen The Lost Boys, uh, which is a, a classic, uh, cult classic 80s film, which I've never seen. Sweet. I have, and I like it very much, and I will happily watch it again. Nice. Nice. I like your choice. Well, hope you enjoyed the podcast. You can do what you do to podcasts. What do people do to podcasts? They, like, review them and stuff. Kiss them. Okay. So please kiss our podcast. Um, and we're on some social media platforms. So say hello. Please bear in mind what I mentioned earlier on about us craving attention. Mm. So so p- please, please just give us some form of recognition, but o- only if it's nice. Yeah, only positive feedback. So you just need to say your ending line, which is... Keep flushing. Hey, hey. keep on flushing. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.